You are listening to the Special Needs Children podcast with Chitra Iyer. Chitra Iyer is a parent of 24-year-old Shravan Iyer who has epilepsy, cerebral palsy and autism. She is the CEO of MFA and has been helping families with life-centered planning to reach their personal financial goals. She is also a trustee of a parent support group, the Forum for Autism, which was set up almost 2 decades ago. MFA is a 17-year-old organization working in the personal finance space. They have set up a dedicated practice to help families with special needs children to plan their financial goals and invest for them. The thoughts shared here are a result of the discussion with parents, caregivers, siblings and professionals regarding the planning of a person with special needs. In this expert series podcast, Chitra Iyer is talking to Dr. Meenakshi Kher. a leading pediatric dentist who runs the Happy Tooth Clinic for Kids Dr Minakshi is an expert at dental treatments for children with all kinds of disabilities in this interview she speaks about dental issues faced by children what happens as they become adults and addresses key questions parents usually have about dental treatment for children hello everyone a big warm welcome to all of you to this expert series of my podcast for special needs children thank you for tuning in i have with me today a very very dear friend an extremely passionate human who is so fantastic at her work and who i have known for a, for more than a decade and uh, always reminds me of the wonderful work that she does dr minakshi kher Hi, Dr. Vinakshi. Thank you so much, Chitra, for all the lovely words, and it's been a pleasure knowing you through these years. And thank you for having me here. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, just introducing you to all our listeners. Dr. Vinakshi is a leading specialist in clinical pediatric dentistry in India, having practiced till date for thirty plus years. She received a master's degree in pediatric and Preventive dentistry from the Nair Hospital Dental College in Mumbai. In 1995, she established the Happy Tooth Clinic for Kids, and uh, it has been a huge blessing for all of us in Mumbai. She takes a special interest in the field of minimal invasive dentistry, dental traumatology, treating children with disabilities, and in the efficient use of soft tissue lasers in children. Dr Minakshi and her team at Happy Tooth which is an absolutely beautiful state of the art clinic which all of you must visit uh, which is in Mumbai has a huge fan following amongst the patients their families and you know all of us she is a very she is very well known for her work in this uh, entire space she has been teaching and lecturing uh, working dentists Uh, with the nuances of the subject both nationally and internationally she has authored a book with springer international publication in 2019 called contemporary treatment techniques in pediatric dentistry which also addresses techniques to be used for children with disabilities so really happy to have you for this chat minakshi and i'm diving straight to the questions so uh, you have been extremely passionate about your profession as a dentist especially to children and uh, you you also take care of 
I I see how you address the family's concerns and how when they come to you, it's always with a huge doubt in their minds. You know, can you please share your journey as to how and why you chose to become a dentist? How everything fell in place for you? So, uh, way back in the in the eight, late eighties, when I you know had to choose my profession, I can't claim that I chose to become a dentist. I think awareness about dentistry was still um, you know very uh, there wasn't that much awareness. And of course, like most dentists in my times in the late eighties. uh i you know went into dentistry because i didn't uh, get my first preference of medicine and i think I, I, it's a blessing then that that actually happened so 1987 is when i started my journey as a dentist little knowing what it entailed i had no idea what dentistry was all about and then uh, i think that this journey that you're talking about that started in 1991 when i became a dentist and i had to decide what i wanted to specialize in and by then i had realized that um, you know i really enjoyed working with children i seemed to be uh, very good with them and i also like working with people with families and um, you know one of my main choices for my specialization my masters because in dentistry you have a 3 years masters after a 5 year graduate uh, undergrad degree in uh, the bds so i did my mds in pediatric and preventive dentistry and um even while studying uh, for my masters you know we we were exposed in those days only to that there was no internet so obviously we were exposed to all the textbooks where we saw all these pediatric dental practices in the west uh, in the more developed countries and how they had how they treat a special uh, individuals with special needs and how the environment that they had and it was always my dream even then you know i had this mental picture of how my practice should be and in 1995 when i started my practice uh, we had a play area which was not so common in those days so we had this you know you didn't have play, play areas in malls and everywhere you went like you do today so play areas were unusual then so we had a nice play area and a waiting room where and i always uh, you know tried i i was always keen on having an environment that was warm that was not very clinical and where a family felt comfortable because dentistry has always been associated even today unfortunately it's associated with fear with unpleasantness and you have the family you know the parents or the caregivers who are already terrified even before they get their child or their or, or the patient to you and so the child may know nothing about what's going to happen but just the the uneasy unease of the caregiver just makes the child terrified even you know before they want to enter so i always wanted a nice warm comfortable environment and that's what you know i've been at strive for and i think that's what you appreciated in our practice we moved a while back to a new facility so obviously i could add a little more uh, you know finesse to it and i think yeah people really enjoy the space uh, there's activities for the children to do it's just calming and a little uh, i think uh, comfortable for chill all children and even even adults with uh, special needs so i can totally totally you know uh, certify that as a as somebody who has really really benefited from this and uh, 
you know that's something that i think you need to definitely talk about you know what is it that you're doing specially this it's so special just visiting your clinic you know what are you doing at happy tooth for children so basically the entire team is really well trained to take care not to take care of children their families and to take care of all families who have a child or an individual with uh whether with physical with medical or with neurocognitive disabilities neurodiversities i think we've been they're all really well trained i'm just very proud of our team and you know how sensitive everyone is uh and they've been with me for two decades or many of them even more than that and uh, i think that is the biggest plus it's the people around there who apart from the environment who make families comfortable so right from the time a patient steps in i think they feel a little you know they feel like this place understands them or understands where they are coming from and we really do our best to do that uh, i want to say even before we proceed chitra that i just feel every day i feel and this is really coming from my heart that i feel blessed that i have the opportunity to work with uh, all these families and uh, to be of some help uh, you know to uh, to the child who needs uh, to the child or the individual who needs my care i genuinely feel blessed um so apart from that apart from basically the human angle where we are hopefully more sensitive uh, to the needs of the families that visit us um Uh, which actually puts families at at an ease uh the thing is with different kinds of special needs the requirements are very different but especially if you look at neurodiversity a lot of children enjoy music uh even with other special needs they may you know enjoy they, they may be uh, they may really like for instance a certain show on television that they really like to watch every time or there would be some kind of music that suits them down uh so you know we uh, so when they when we have to examine them we have these television screens on top of our dental chairs where we play their favorite music which come you know where uh, this particular child i see every six months comes to mind he just loves these advertisements these particular tata sky advertisements that he wants me to play every time for him and then we do that so fortunately and then that just makes him feel like you know you know very he it just makes us feel comfortable so we kind of do our best to get the patient as comfortable as possible we have uh children or older kids who are not comfortable sitting on the chair uh, i might even examine them on a sofa i might examine them in the waiting room so i'd wear my loops i have a little light on my forehead that helps me and then we, we can examine them even without them necessarily sitting on the dental chair if they are completely reluctant to be on the chair where treatment techniques are concerned like you mentioned even in the book i wrote for our colleagues uh we do what is called minimally invasive dentistry now this is an area of dentistry where we completely avoid the use of the drill which is the most dreaded thing right and for any any individual the drill is not pleasant uh but especially when a person has a div- neurocognitive diversities or they have other sensory issues it you can only we we understand we don't have to imagine you understand and i do too how how 
unbearable the the noises the sounds and the sensations that our tools make could be for them to tolerate right so minimally invasive dentistry involves techniques where we don't use these drills at all we use something called gentle burrs which are uh, which very very gently they are like hand hand driven instruments that very gently treat uh, treat the disease we have solutions like uh, for example something called silver diamine fluoride that we apply on cavities to arrest them and we use these kind of techniques very very often when you don't have disease that's really gone out of hand like you don't have infections when cavities and other oral diseases are caught at an early stage so these minimally invasive techniques are very useful to gently treat disease and to also avoid uh, you know pharmacological management that means the use of sedation and anesthesia because that's always our last resort so that's something we specialize in and of course we are trained in sedation and general anesthesia which many uh, of our patients require the other thing especially that we have in our new practices that we are accessible we are wheelchair accessible so uh, as children grow up many of them especially with cerebral palsy and other syndromic children might require a wheelchair and and you know uh, families that have uh, uh, family members using wheelchairs only know in india how hard that becomes when they have to travel and uh, so it really gives me pleasure to see that the patient can get off uh, from the vehicle they are coming in and wheel the child or the adult right into our operatory there are children we and adults that i treat on their wheelchair we don't even have to transfer them to the dental chair in the new practice we've just set the whole thing up where the wheelchair can come right to the uh, dental chair and i'm really happy it is accessible though i must th- that the practice is accessible though i have to add here that you and i know coming from mumbai that in a city like bombay uh, being accessible is not so easy even for the caregiver for the practitioner so it's not something we can expect every time but when it is possible we must like do our best to make our practices accessible the other thing may, uh, that we do i mean that we have been doing ever since i discovered this medium instagram uh, because like you said i've been practicing 30 years and it's always been frustrating for me that the level of awareness just doesn't increase most of most dental diseases are completely preventable and had the caregiver only been taught how to prevent dental disease perhaps you know the situation only would not have arisen but we never get access to the patient uh, or to the individual rather who's not even a dental patient we don't have access to the caregiver to teach them how to prevent dental disease so i always see patients only after the disease they they already have dental disease in the mouth and everything is so easily preventable but educating and reaching out to patients has always been so hard so when they discovered this medium instagram it's just been a year and a half and i just thought it was a great tool to educate parents so we've been working very hard on our instagram page it's just baby steps right now but we've created a lot of videos uh, on brushing techniques on the correct correct diet and uh, a lot of that and hopefully that also helps families so that's what i can think of chitra uh, to think of how we may be different from other dental clinics i think your videos are 
just superb and uh, i think you have a large followership also the frequency at which you release and the minutest things that you've done and also you make it so um you know lovable for children to look at so it's amazing the way you've gone about and uh, even the whole clinic the way it looks so so beautiful and colorful and uh, you engage the child so well is um, uh, something that i have experienced and yes i remember how you have actually followed shravan through the entire room and your clinic with your glasses to just get one quick, quick peep into the mouth right whether it was on the sofa or it was at the table or when he was lying down and looking at his teletubbies uh, on the chair on the ceiling that you would put up the tv on as well as at the sink yeah. when you were trying to brush his teeth and trying to peer in so uh, coming coming to this now minakshi is what causes the major dental problems in children with disabilities you know how would you like to guide parents to protect their kids teeth right so the what are we looking at when we talk about dental disease one is dental decay or cavity which is the same thing just different words or dental caries they are all the same thing it's basically dental decay and cavities which then keep progressing get deeper cause pain cause infection the tooth gets infected it needs a root canal treatment then it needs an extraction so this is all dental decay and how it progresses and the second is gum disease when dental decay is concerned what causes it is sugar in the diet and inadequate brushing but it basically to start with sugar in the diet so we we are talking here about free sugar and what are free sugars we've got two kinds of sugars the sugar that is naturally present in your fruit and vegetable that is complex sugar and everything else is free sugar so free sugar is your white sugar your chini sugar right from your chini sugar to honey to gourd to jaggery to every product that has sugar added in it everything is free sugar now obviously we are not saying sir that you don't add sugar to the diet but we must recognize that each of these things is sugar so when you have your chai biscuit there is maida and sugar going into the mouth the more sticky the sugar the worse it is for teeth now when so sugar is highly addicting and once sugar is introduced early in the diet most families will not be able to you know have uh, will not be it becomes sugar dependent households let's say so you want meal sweeten in some way or the other it could be meal sweetened with some jaggery on the side it could be uh, you know a pickle it could be jam it could be ketchup it could be your biscuit so all of these will add to the sugar load in the mouth and will add to uh, dental disease so ideally especially when you have children with disabilities or special needs uh cutting down on the sugar will huge go go a huge way into reducing dk because a lot of children have orosensory issues you're working with so many other you know areas uh, oral hygiene simply has to be cracked meaning you got to get that brush in and get the brushing done twice a day but there are sensory issues so that makes it even harder uh, the, the brushing becomes tougher so the first easier thing to do is to cut down on sugar now what i've noticed is in india the unfortunately the multidisciplinary approach does not happen and i'm aware that when therapy happens often speech therapists perhaps use some 
sugary item like it could be a nutella or it could be jam or it could be honey in order to you know perform therapy which i've noticed i've discussed with specialists uh, outside of here where they avoid sugar because they know it causes cavities so we need to be more that is us not not the not the patient but us as professionals we need to be more multidisciplinary and work with each other and uh, sugar should not be used as a bribe or as a uh, you know right from the beginning once it started in the beginning then you're stuck then you need to use that biscuit or that sweet or something as the reward but if we can avoid sugar as reward or sugar for therapy it will go a long way so then patients ask me then what do we use for therapy you know then i mean even if you use let's say if you introduce them to let's say cheese bread cheese bread is equally sticky and if you were to put cheese bread on the tongue and say lick that off you know when you want to help them move their tongue that would be better than giving them something sugary but these things have to be inculcated earlier on now where brushing is concerned there are some techniques we can start off with uh that make brushing easier when patients come to us in the practice we literally get the child to lie down on the sofa we sit and we brush in the mouth and show them how to do it but obviously if it is now a 16 year old who's brought to me for the first time and they are resistant they are not going to let me brush in the mouth so the sooner we see children the better it is but this can only happen with awareness and literally we need to spend not more than a minute and a half twice a day on good brushing but then it's about the technique the right paste and brush and how to go about you know the whole uh, uh, the activity and the earlier it is in- introduced and the sooner the child gets used to the sensation the better it is and when should brushing be introduced when the first tooth enters the mouth so literally by one year of age every family should be brushing their child's teeth and in india traditionally we just don't do it so that you know the issue begins there so it's all about awareness chitra and um, cutting down on free sugars and introducing good oral hygiene these are the main things to prevent dental disease so very well said you know uh, and all of us are guilty of this um, but yeah uh, repeatedly i think listening to you and uh, seeing your videos is the constant reminder to say that you know you get back and try on track and do this for your own self and as well as for your children so and chitra sorry i'll just interrupt it's not yeah. about see so once we reach the certain stage right that is the per- child is used to it now you can't suddenly cut everything off i understand that then we need to have some tips and tricks to you know work on it like just last week i did a little reel on chai biscuit now chai biscuit is something so traditional for most of us we can't have our tea without those biscuits right because it's just so what we are so used to so have that biscuit maybe once a day instead of one biscuit so basically that one pack of biscuits if you're going to have one biscuit five times a day five attacks on the teeth I want them to have the entire pack all together at one time. Follow it up with maybe nuts, you know, a fistful of peanuts and chana, maybe just as an example. That kind of washes that thing away because you can't brush ten times a day. Also, brushing itself is it's so much of a challenge with, uh, you know, with children who have orosensory issues. So then, at least a fistful of nuts will wash the biscuit away. 
So you're reducing the load of sugar on the teeth. So we've got to look for tricks. So we are not expecting miracles here. We've got to work together to find solutions to make it easy on the caregiver also. Because it's easy for me to throw instructions at you and say, stop this and stop that. It has to be practically possible, right? So we've got to work together on it. For each family, it has to be individualized. See what their environment is and then work with each family to figure out what is best possible for them. Sure. Absolutely. I, th- I think you you just said it bang on. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm moving on to, you know, how do you check children who are non-compliant? You know, somebody like, yeah. my son doesn't even open his mouth. I'm sure that you're seeing so many children in and out. What do you do? How do you land up? What all do you do to get them to actually show you their teeth? So again, Chitra, very, very age dependent. So no matter what the kind of disability, when it is a small child, it's easier. Simply because physically they are smaller, so it's easier to hold them down and at least do a thorough examination. This is not to trouble them or not to not recognize that they don't enjoy it, but it is simply that when we can examine thoroughly, we can help them properly. So also, when a child starts to come in very early in life, they slowly get used to the whole thing. They get used to the routine. Like every other routine that a child with special needs will get used to with repeated uh, exposures. So it is simply the same thing here. So we, we always have this policy of tell, show, do. Now, depending on, of course, the <clears throat> kind of disability, like if you're looking at neurodiversity, it's a whole spectrum. So depending on where the child is in that spectrum or for other disabilities, uh, what the level of (coughs) neurocognitive development is, uh, we will tell, we will show and only then we will do. So we always demonstrate, we have these little puppets and you've seen them, Chitra. So we've got these little puppets which have, uh, where we actually demonstrate what we will do, then we would, uh, you know, do actually show them what we'll do. We'll first tell them, show them, then do it. For some children, this will work. For Obviously, for others, it will not. When a child is smaller, we have the parent lie down or the caregiver lie down on the dental chair and the child lies down on their lap. So that provides some level of security. And then, like I said, if they love music or they love a certain kind of show that they are, you know, very used to watching or they are fixated on, we play that for them so they're a little engaged. Some of them are, this is good enough for them. And they actually let us examine. Many children, they live in, let us treat them. But these are normally the younger children. If children love you to sing to them, I'm very often singing with the parent or I'm singing to the child and they're slowly doing, you know, minimally invasive dentistry. Then there are children who require major treatment because by the time they've come to us, everything is a mess. We may need to restrain them forcefully. They may be kicking and screaming, but we do a thorough examination. We may take our x-rays. When it is a smaller, these are not painful procedures, but they hate it that we are doing something in their mouth. But, you know, we need to restrain very, very quickly, take a look, take x-rays. So we know what we have to do, finally, in terms of treatment. And then oftentimes, these children will then need uh, treatment under general anesthesia or some kind of sedation. Um, so we have something called inhalation sedation. So this is happy or sweet gas, nitrous oxide oxygen. It's a little mask we place on the nose. The child is lying down watching TV, being engaged, and we place a mask on the nose and it really relaxes the child. 
children with neurodiversity in the autism spectrum who are may not even be verbal but who are more compliant very often when they are younger once they get used to it they actually lie down on the chair they wear their headphones the parent is sitting right next to them and they accept the nasal hot on their nose and as they are breathing they feel extremely relaxed what this does is it's an anxiolytic so the anxiety goes away the sounds of the drill and all the unpleasant vibrations are kind of muffled because the headphone is on and they are listening to music and then we do simple dentistry in their mouth but many older uh, children and adults may simply not open their mouth like you mentioned shravan he would refuse to open his mouth so in such situations even examining them on the sofa examining them standing any position at least take a quick look in the mouth i may not manage my x-rays and then we of course need general anesthesia to treat them so we do all our x-rays under ga in the operation theater and then get the treatment done the constraint here is we get only one sitting to do the treatment all of you would have been to the dentist at some point in your life and you'll notice that you need multiple sittings normally to get the job done when we take a patient under general anesthesia for dentistry we do not want repeated anesthesia procedures we want to get the whole treatment done in one sitting so in that sense the treatment becomes the dentistry we provide is a tailor made or comp- you could say compromised but in the best interest of the patient we try to tailor make it to a treatment plan that can be completed in a single setting and the whole thing is done in under general anesthesia in the hospital and it's a half day procedure they come in in the morning and by evening the whole family is back home with the treatment accomplished so i guess these are the this is the whole spectrum of uh, treatment that we would uh, be able to offer sometimes when it is very simple dentistry and the child is the patient is not very Uh, is not an adult is still a younger child who can be restrained and it is not painful dentistry uh, we would actually restrain the patient place what is called a bite block in the mouth it's a prop that holds the mouth open the child will hate it but what we are avoiding here is general anesthesia which is then in the child's best interest also yeah. in children who are uh, you know not uh, who we can restrain physically and who do not require extensive dentistry where we know that the treatment is not going to be painful but obviously the child is going to hate us doing all that in the mouth then with uh, the you know com- uh, with the parents and us together we sometimes decide we will simply hold the child down physically restrain the child and we have i mean the gentle methods of doing it we restrain the child put what is called a mouth prop in the mouth so the mouth remains open we're talking to the child trying to calm the child down and we quickly try and finish the dental treatment thereby avoiding general anesthesia in all of this the most important thing after treatment is done is prevention of further disease because when we do dentistry what we are doing is repairing the damage that's done this and by no means prevents further disease unfortunately there's no vaccine for dentistry and it's ongoing care so establishing good diet practices dietary practices and establishing good oral hygiene i really my team and i we really work hard at helping families establish those two things because that's really what we have to do to prevent disease 
in the long term uh, for these families totally understand what you're saying yeah um what i wanted to ask you now is uh, for what about where the children would need sedation right if uh, there is this dental right. work that needs to be done um right. i i have heard parents uh, you know being worried about it so how do you handle uh, anesthesia during surgeries so basically fortunately as pediatric dentists i think we are one of the only specialties that are trained in doing regular dental treatment under general anesthesia so it's a part of our training and then when we come out into the world of private practice we set up the entire dental uh setup in the operation theater because as you know our equipment isn't you know cannot get into a tiny uh suitcase so we've got to put all of that equipment in the operation theater and equip an operation theater facility for uh dental treatment i have been very fortunate to work with an extremely senior experienced and wonderful anesthesiologist we've been working together for more than 26 years and i wait for dr salyanker's time to treat all my children uh, with disabilities and special needs uh, because many of them are also medically compromised it's not only neurodiversity right many of them have medically compromised situations there are many with syndromes so we need an expert anesthesiologist and he's again extremely sensitive and uh, a fantastic person so unfortunately dentistry is normally not an emergency all emergencies can be managed with medication so we can wait for the right time that's available mutually for the family for the anesthesiologist and for us so we equip the general anesthesia uh, uh the operation theater for dentistry obviously when your child or your family member goes under general anesthesia it is always a source of worry uh, because general anesthesia goes with an inherent risk right so here what is most important is the expertise of the anesthesiologist uh, which we are fortunate to have like i said and a well equipped ot uh, the dentistry actually is the easy part because it's what we do in the dental clinic however when we work under general anesthesia we are restrained by the position of the patient right they are not on a chair they are flat on an operation theater bed but all of this we are used to because of the years that we've been working in the ot so it is natural for a family to be fearful uh, about general anesthesia and you once you know you've made the right decision you're in good hands you have to wait with that feeling of unease for your child to come out safely after treatment that little unease will be there but general anesthesia when done well is extremely when you are in the right hands the right equipment you are extremely safe um so and and very often that is the only way to provide treatment because dentistry no matter how wonderful we are as dentists is not easy for any patient right because remember it's a voluntary job you have to voluntarily allow the dentist to do all those things in the mouth and nothing we do in your mouth is pleasant so to expect a child to voluntarily allow all that to be done in their mouth is not easy for the patient for any patient for you for that matter so leave alone for your child right and if the child has sensory issues even more for that patient so very often general anesthesia is a must the other thing so fear is something once you are calm and you have you have figured that you are in 
safe hands and you have faith in the people you have the team you have chosen to help you then with that i mean you have to wait for your child to come out safely is what i'm saying the other issues of course the expense of general anesthesia because it definitely becomes more expensive you're spending on the operation theater on the hospitalization you're spending on all the extra medicines you're spending on the anesthesiologist and for the dental team to be operating in this space that is not their home ground so expense wise the family has to prepare for this additional expense chitra which is so every time i'm speaking you know about all of this i just keep you know thinking this is preventable this is preventable but for you and me who want to work in this space creating awareness chitra will be just the only way to introduce prevention because a family with with a child with a disabilities and special needs is just handling so much more and in india teeth are in any case the last thing that people are thinking about so the last thing that crosses their mind is teeth and until the damage is done nobody even realizes something is happening inside the mouth and all of it is preventable so it's all awareness i guess at the end of the day absolutely i'm i'm going straight to that topic only now i mean actually that okay you know you you have so many families uh, with disabilities you you are our best friend you know when it comes to what you're doing for our children the similarly every parent would you know love it if you know there were a professional like you out there for so many other things that are you know required for the child right in fact i was just thinking back when you were talking about you know if only we could have uh, started much earlier about getting the kid to sit on the dentist chair i was just thinking that the parent is usually worried about so many other things that are going wrong exactly. and they're trying to address exactly. that you know this important aspect completely you you land up missing it therefore you know okay. we have to go back to uh, requesting you know professionals to be um, more mindful to give priority to and more important you know uh, to be like you they people who are trained and actually know how to handle our kids so my question to you is you know how best do you feel can we encourage more professionals and also the society as a whole to accept uh, you know any any individual with a disability be it a child an adult you know what would you what would you say i wish i, I wish i had a uh, a nice crisp answer to this question <laughs> like i had to all your other questions because chitra i think when you say society and professionals i think it has to start with the society first and i think in our country itself our whole understanding and our uh, uh, sensitivity and what we do for the disability space itself is so lacking uh, right from top down i think it just has to start top down right so uh, just making just making spaces more accessible to increase sensitivity i don't know how we uh, and and here i know because this podcast is going to uh, to um, to groups and to individuals who work in this space wherever you think we can be of help to you my team and i will be more very very happy to uh, do whatever we can but i think awareness is uh, first a key chitra and uh, yeah and then sensitivity but honestly how do we increase awareness i don't know through these kind of through this initiative that you are taking 
through more podcasts, through more social media uh, endeavors, and um, anything else that you suggest, because I really, uh, I'm very very happy to. Yeah, you know, I guess be your help, lot, but I'm not sure. A lot of awareness uh, exercises will definitely help, and uh, that's exactly what we try to do today. <laughs> uh by you know yeah. such a thorough professional like you in front of people so that they're aware that first of all that you're there and uh, i th- i think most people don't even know that somebody as specific as special and as sensitive as you're out there for uh, all our families so you know uh that that's the first first way to go i think and the more more of such uh, you know lectures or training programs or awareness meets or you know maybe we write and all of your videos all of those will also you know definitely go a long way in um, right it's not because the issue here is sorry i'm interrupting this issue because it just came to my mind see i am technically a pediatric dentist my my ability to treat the mouth to treat children and their mouth stops at the child at 18 but i'm all the time looking after adults i'm looking after individuals with disabilities and special needs who are in their 30s and in their 40s which is not even my area of expertise but they come to me because there's nobody in that space to take care of them general dentists or specialist dentists are not trained in india to to treat individuals with disabilities and special needs uh, which is the case in the more developed western world but there again the sensitivity itself to special needs and disabilities so much more uh, so that is why i'm saying it just has to start with society it has to start way up there aware uh, right from the from the government and the health agencies where the whole the whole society at large starts to recognize uh, the, the rights first the rights and then the needs there are rights first the rights and the needs of these individuals so i am treating all of these adults and when they need care that i cannot provide then we take them under general anesthesia and i am fortunate to have a spouse who is a specialist in treating adults with advanced uh, dental needs and then he gets into the picture uh, dr udas khair and then he you know gets into the ot and provides care for them but i am fortunate i have that support system in my you know extended team let me say and family uh, where i can use that but otherwise there are no specialists to take care of adults and what are what is one individual in a city like mumbai forget a country though i have to say here all pediatric dentists are trained in delivering care for children with special needs so wherever you are in this city or wherever you are in this country if you look out for a pediatric dentist they will be far better equipped to care for your child and we are many many of us and of course you have google now so just google for a pediatric dentist near you and they will help you with your child's oral health care needs so i think that is the best that is step 1 for any family that requires dental care to look for a, a pediatric dentist near them and to go and approach them for their child that okay. was fantastic manakshi i think what you said there was really really important because i think most people don't even know that you know they can actually go to a specialist and what you just shared about every pediatric dentist can actually handle a 
uh, childhood disability is absolutely is absolutely so, is so perfect so thank you so much for sharing your journey of you know setting up such an amazing practice at happy tooth and uh, we we we've been fortunate it has helped so many children and their families uh, you've shared some excellent pointers through the podcast Uh, for us parents about you know how um, the younger ones need to visit the dentist much much earlier on uh, build the practice of uh, you know sitting on a dentist chair for a child also the very important aspect of reducing sugar in the diet uh, uh, especially for all our children who you know somehow have the sweet tooth and um, what you even spoke about uh, in therapy how uh, you know that that that's that's a very important point that you uh, spoke on where the rewards usually tend to be uh, the sweeter of the sweeter side um thank you in the end for talking about how um, you know people can be more aware can be made more aware of disability uh, thank you for being you you know for being so passionate so compassionate Uh, and uh, along with your passion for work being able to do this so uh, lovingly for your uh, for all the children who visit you and the adults um your uh, I, i'm sure that this this podcast will definitely touch people who are listening in because your passion comes through you know it's so it's so contagious also and uh, i hope others in in your profession and in other professions also would think of building uh, you know such kind of state of the art facilities that you um, envisaged you know way back right from a play area to things that can sensitize um, and you know make a person more comfortable so uh, i do wish and hope that many will listen to you uh both the families as well as all the professionals and uh, this was wonderful so thank you so much for your time and wishing you all the very best thank you chitra thank you so much for having me and uh, all the best to all your endeavors and i'm whatever i can do for the uh, for your endeavors i'm just just one call away thank yeah. you thank you so much You were listening to the Special Needs Children podcast with Chitra Iyer, the CEO of MFA and a trustee with the Forum for Autism. If you find this podcast relevant and interesting, it will be great if you leave a review, share, like and subscribe. You can also let us know if there is any specific topic that you would like us to cover. Feel free to email her on chitra.iyer@ myfinad.com or you can call her on 9833785892 that is 9833785892